longing for connection is, uh, is, is the heart of uh, every human being, to be, to be known and to be loved. And Valentine's Day coming up is going to make you and I spend $20.7 billion. That's what the uh, National Retail Federation is, is guessing is going to be spent this year. That's an average of about $162 per person. Some of you right now are thinking, I ain't spending anything on Valentine's, and I'm happy about it. Uh, others of you might be thinking, man, I hope somebody is thinking of me and spending at least $162 on me. But connection, connection, wanting to be deeply connected with someone, wanting to perhaps come home, wherever that might be, and someone to maybe not just physically be there, but emotionally be there and connect with us. Someone that kind of knows what we've been up against all day, and so when we finally get there, we can connect with them. Uh, have you read the sign, $7.99 for a dozen rows? You ever seen a sign like that? Years ago, I was um, caught off guard. I read this sign that said $7.99 for a dozen rows, and I went in, and I was there to buy my dozen roses for $7.99, and the guy said, no, it'll be $89 for a dozen roses. And I pointed to the sign just outside his floral shop, and I said, it says $7.99. And he said, yes, but it says for a dozen rose. One rose for $7.99. It's ridiculous, right? Scam, I tell you. Um, when Jesus is getting to his, I am the vine and you are the branches conversation here today in John 15, there's no scam there's an immediate promise to give you the connection that you've always, always longed for and dreamed for. And so uh, when he's saying, I am the vine and you're the branches, this illustration, he's not referring to a moral program that he's wanting you to do. He, he's not wanting to impose behavioral modification upon yourself or for us to go do that to someone else. He's wanting to remind you and me that we have the deepest connection that you can ever imagine. That emotional connection, the spiritual connection, the intellectual connection that perhaps you've never experienced uh, with another human being that God provides for us. So let's read the passage uh, John, found in John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. All right, it's printed in your uh, worship bulletin, and it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now, remain in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. All right, let's, uh, let's pray. Father God, as we come, we come from all over the place. We, we are all over the place, mentally, spiritually, and yet we're actually in the same place. We're in need of your grace. We're, uh, we're a mess, yet you come right into our mess and you make beauty. And you promise that you can bring change to us. You promise that you can act miraculously to heal and to change us. Even when it's difficult, you can bring that change. So God, we ask that you would do that right now in us as we spend time in your word, that you, your very presence inside of us, that you would bring change from the inside out. And again, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, just two points we're trying to make today. The very first one is uh, printed here, sustainable growth. Sustainable growth, and we would even add sustainable growth and change is a result of remaining in Jesus. It's a result of remaining in Jesus. Very, very, very first verse here, Jesus saying, I am the true vine. Press pause, underline the word true in that statement there, and that is Jesus simply gently telling you there are other vines out there that you and I may be attaching ourselves to that are false vines that will not give you life, that will not help you bear fruit, that will not connect you in the way that you and I want and need to be connected. Jesus, among all other gods, is saying, I am the true vine. You want deep connection? You want your fibers connected, deep fibers of your soul connected with God? I'm the one that gives that to you. So as we're going through this, I'm just inviting you to think with me, what are those potential vines that I'm connecting myself to? Are there any of those vines for you that you're you're looking to that thing, you're looking to that vine, uh, just like... Uh, A grape may be doing to the vine that it's connected with so that it can be healthy and robust and not only beautiful, but but one day turn into something that's going to be delicious. What are those things there for you that maybe you're sucking life from? You're looking to that thing, you're sucking life from it, but meanwhile, it's actually sucking life from you and and me. And the words here from Jesus is, is, is an encouragement to detach yourself from any of those vines, any of those things, any of those people, and attach yourself, connect yourself to Christ who brings health. Um, How is it that we change? How is it that we change? There's so many uh, self-help books out there. I think one of the most recent titles uh, that I've read here is uh, with one of these self-help books is 900 Ways to Change Yourself. Okay, that's a little overwhelming. That's incredibly impossible, and um, the, the question comes up, though, how do we go from being a person who lives in fear, perhaps, to a person who learns how to trust, and a person who learns how to relax in stressful moments? How does change like that happen? Or how does a person go from being an angry person maybe you have road rage, or maybe it just comes out in relationships, but you're just you're angry. How does a person go from being angry to truly being a loving and merciful, patient person? How does that change 
take place. Uh, again, the self-help books are going to say, go ahead and try real hard this week to be patient. Just try. You know that person that drives you nuts. They're, they're really going to push your buttons this week. But the self-help book says you can do it. Um, essentially tells you that your source is an outside-in approach. Start from the outside. Smile when that person really ticks you off. Do the right thing, but inside you're just boiling, angry, mad. And so when Jesus is saying, abide in me, I'm the vine. You're the branch, abide in me, and you're going to bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He's telling you that there's a different way to grow. There's a different way to change. And it's basically an inside-out approach. And this is how Jesus' approach in this passage is totally different. He's saying that being a Christian means that because you're in union with Christ, there will be change that happens inside of you. It's from an inside, and whenever you're not seeing it happen on the outside, it's only pointing you back towards the inside, letting us know that something's, something's not happening on the inside for you. So what does it mean to be a Christian? It basically, Jesus is saying, I'm, I'm not your ethic inspiration. I'm not your motivator. Um, I'm not a set of ethical rules for you to follow. I'm not a set of teachings that I'm trying to get you to do or adhere to. Rather, I've come to renovate your life by being planted inside of you. I'm going to place myself inside of you. And from there, we get a whole new life and a whole new trajectory towards growth and change. So, if you're not seeing change happening in your life, or if there's someone very special in your life that wants to see change in your life, it's going to take place from a a deepening, deepening connection that you have with God through Jesus. He's your vine, you're the branch, and you're staying connected with him. So a sustainable growth is a result uh, of being connected um, and remaining in this relationship uh, with Jesus. A couple of applications here. Number one, don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on yourself. How many of us have been so ready to throw in the towel about some change we're wanting to desperately see within ourselves? I'm just asking you to be honest right now. You're so frustrated with yourself that, man, I just can't seem to stop doing this or I can't seem to start doing that and build a better habit or a better lifestyle. And these words from Jesus about abiding... Uh, is totally giving us uh, freedom here and encouragement to don't give up on yourself. That whatever you may think is impossible, whatever impossible change that may come to your mind about yourself, God does not see you in that way. God is miraculously and powerfully taking up residency inside of you to bring about change in the order that he wants it, the timeline that he wants to take care of it. And as this gardener, God the Father is this gardener, gently but yet very methodically working to restore you from the inside out. So don't give up on yourself. Uh, when, we, when we take that track that just leads us down that escalator towards depression of, uh, you know what, I'm never going to change. Uh, it just can't happen. To abide in Jesus means that you're believing that God isn't done with you. 
God isn't finished with you. You are God's restoration project who is being transformed. So a Christian means to have the life of Christ living in you, that there's hope for whatever you're dealing with or struggling with and whatever change or habit or addiction is there. Second application at this point here is to not give up on others. Some of us have written others off. I'll quote, I'll give the quote, I'm done with you, is the words we say. If we don't say it out loud, we say it in our heart, I'm done with you. And the abiding in Jesus is to know, as you look to your right and to your left, as you see other fellow human beings, Christians, who are abiding in Jesus, God is not done with them. Quit judging them. Quit trying to fix them. Quit trying to give your uh, moral reform program to them. This is a work, meaning change and sustainable change, is an act of God. God is the one who's restoring these folks. Um, Point two. Point two today that we want to make is that remaining in Jesus produces much fruit. Much fruit. Not a little bit, but it says much. Much fruit. At one point, I remember having an orange tree planted in our backyard and desperately wanted to see oranges out there on this tree and got so frustrated with this tree again and again and again because I didn't see the oranges that I wanted. And I almost joked with my family several times at going out there and just trying to Velcro some oranges to the tree or trying to duct tape some oranges to the tree. And as silly as that sounds, it's so true. You can't do that. You can't duct tape fruit into your Christian life. It just isn't meant that way. This is botanical. It it happens again from the inside out. You can act like there's fruit. You can fake it for a little while. You can duct tape the the oranges on the the tree there for a little while. Um, But it's truly not fruit. So the point here is that we may come to Jesus as we are and all, of course, may come to Jesus just as we are, whoever come. But a true encounter and experience with Jesus and remaining in Jesus, like branches are in a vine, you won't stay as you are. Change is inevitable for a believer, someone who's truly, deeply connected. We're not saying there's perfection, of course not, but we're saying in this relationship with God, in this relationship with Jesus, as you continue to remain with Jesus, And this is what motivates us. This is the motivation of grace and mercy of God that motivates us in our relationship with God. That God, I want to know you. You're my love relationship. You're the one that deeply knows me like no one else. I want to stay connected to you. Bring about change in my life. Verse 5, again, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches If you remain in me and I remain in you, you, maybe you, no, he says you will bear much fruit. Verse 8, he says, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Naturally, though, we think I'm going to roll up my sleeves and I'm going to carve out some character this week. I'm just going to get after it. 
I don't like this part of myself. I've reflected about it, and I, and I just got to gotta, gotta do it. I'll roll up some sleeves, and I'm going to get better uh, at it. We're determined, and we say, uh, I'll be more patient this week. And the more time we spend with Jesus, we realize that Jesus is not calling us to become a nicer person. Or Jesus isn't calling us to become a more religious person. But he's wanting us to experience a supernatural change that keeps happening inside of us. To where sometimes we don't even have words to explain how and why I was able to be patient with the particular person. Or how and why I was able to be overflowing with generosity in a given moment. I can't explain what's going on inside of me. So this fruit that he's talking about, you've got to be asking the question, fruit, what is it? Um, and, and no, it's not that we're Californians, as some say, land of the fruit and nuts. Okay, it's not that. It's what is this fruit? Uh, another place in Scripture leads us right to it where it calls it the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5. This is exactly what Christ is talking about here. You're going to bear much fruit as you remain and keep remaining in me and find your life in me. And insofar as you're rooted and your identity is in me, you will overflow with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are the fruit that's listed there in Galatians chapter, uh, chapter 5. Are those natural tendencies? Are those just natural things? Is it your natural tendency to be patient? It, maybe it is. Uh, you might just mark it off as, hey, that's just my uh, Enneagram personality type or my Myers-Briggs personality type. We're just joyful. Or we're just generous. I'm trying to be patient, but I can just strangle this person right now. I'm trying to be generous, but this is mine and I don't need to share it. Verse 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. That's what Jesus is trying to see, that you won't see the type of character change in your life that you want to see apart from me. You can't do it. You can't do it. You can go after it as hard as you want, but you won't see it unless I'm the one producing it inside of you. Three applications here for us. The first one is pray for God to change you. And those moments of self-reflection and meditating on God and God's character of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, ask God to change you in any of those. I mean, look at verse 7. He says, ask whatever you wish. Did you hear that when we read it? Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We think, I want a Lambo. Uh, I want a second home you know, or a first one or you know, I want a valentine. Okay, context here. Uh, this is no random reference to prayer. Um, it, it's a prayer for supernatural change to be happening inside of you and me as we are abiding or remaining inside of Jesus. That's what we're to be praying for. God, change me. Bring about this fruit in my life for your glory. For your glory, pray for it. Application number two. I have to say something here about the dead branches. These dead branches are, are, are here. 
And uh, it, it could be possible that one is seeing like zero amount of sustaining fruit that we just talked about because you're simply not connected to the vine. I mean, there's a difference in being connected to the vine and maybe not experiencing the, the deepest level of, of intimacy that one could imagine. And there's, a, there's another thing of not being connected all, at all to the vine. And so my question is, is, is it a formal connection with God that we have or we think about when we think about having a relationship with God? Or is it more of a, an intimate, God is my identity, Jesus is my hope, Jesus is my joy, Jesus is my pleasure, Jesus is who I'm connected to, Jesus is the one that I'm going to remain in, and a person that I'm working with about this and, 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 and helping this person grow, they, they, they're, they're beginning to tell me things like, it's happening. I'm growing. I'm actually growing right now. And, and crazy enough, I'm wanting to tell other people about how they can grow too. Can you believe it? Yeah, I can believe it. I can believe it. Growth overflows. Growth influences others. Another application here is to remain in God's love. So all this talk about remain in me and remain in me and if, and if you leave here and you don't leave here with knowing that this simply means remain in my love for you. Remain in my love for you. Verse 9, he says, as the Father has loved me, Jesus says, I have loved you. Now remain in that. Don't make it too difficult. Don't overthink this. <laughs> remain in my love for you. Yes, God loves you on weeks and on days when you're not as good as you thought you were. And the enemy, uh, both Satan and sometimes within ourself, wants us to think that God loves me more on days and on weeks when I have done the right thing. Some of us have been around other Christians or perhaps other churches, that, and that was the very thing that they kind of passed off to us is, is that notion of if we do all of the right things, God will love you more. No. No. No, it, it made you want nothing of it. It made us run from it. And that's exactly because Jesus is saying here that fruit does not give the branch life. It's an effect, not a cause. It's not producing fruit in and of itself and then somehow it gets attached to the vine so then it can say, I'm alive. It's life flows from Jesus. Sustainable life flows from Jesus. Joy flows from Jesus. Peace flows from Jesus. Love flows from Jesus. A Christian is a person that's realizing that no longer do I look to my fruit and my performance to give me confidence in my relationship with God. That's not why I'm confident in my intimacy with God because what I've done or what I've produced. It's what Jesus has already produced for me. The fruit that Jesus produced was called perfection. There it is. There's the gospel. Jesus produced perfection on my behalf. That was the fruit of Jesus' life. So how do you know if you're remaining in God's love? It's, it's an example like this. When you come to God's word, God's love letter to you and to me and to the world, 
When you come to it, you're not looking for loopholes, wondering, mm, I know it says that, but I wonder if, and if I finagle this a little bit, and if I just, you know, a la carte to tear this out, and if I attach it here, I wonder if I can, yeah, of course you can build a morality for yourself, absolutely. It's coming to God's Word, and there's a growing, as we're remaining, joy and delight in God's Word. Yes, that we might not have as we're by faith coming to God's Word. Change my heart, O God. Show me what I don't know about myself. Change me from the inside out. And it's just beginning to dawn on us. It's just beginning to dawn on us that a Christian is not about being and producing morality and being a good person. A Christian is that Jesus lives inside of you producing this fruit. Remain in that love. Remain in that love when you're at work and it's busy. And there are more demands and there are more expectations and there are more reviews and evaluations on you and more people you got to check in with. Remain in that love. For example, in that moment, one who's remaining would be able to say, no matter what my boss thinks about me right now, I'm deeply loved. No matter how I do on this presentation, that's going to be graded and critiqued. Because everybody looking at it and listening to it are professionals. And I can't fake it. But no matter what evaluation they give me, I'm already accepted by God. And no one can take that away from me. Remain in His love. In a relationship, when you're not getting exactly what you feel like you deserve or you want or even need, remember to remain in God's love, that God knows every single need that you have. Every single need, and is the only one that can give that to you. Let's take a moment now and just pray and ask God to help us remain as He's, as he's calling us to do. Father God, we, we want to thank you that your, your love is so, so amazing and so, so generous. So when you call us to remain in you and so that you can remain in us, that, that is so sustainable, that life becomes sustainable all of a sudden. When we think about you living inside of us, and beginning to produce fruit inside of us. So Father, this week we ask that you, as you remain in us, and as we remain in you, and, in, and we remain in your love, you would, you would bear much fruit from the inside out. The fruit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Father, thank you for your deep love for us, and we give you thanks in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.